Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Andrea Luoni. Andrea Luoni is the founder and CEO of Ratecraft, a business advocate agency helping organizations greatly reduce their insurance costs. Andrea has over 1,200 optimized projects over 20 years as an industry watchdog, saving her clients on an average 35% annually and some as much as 74% annually. Well, good afternoon, Andrea. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Awesome, Andrea. So, Andrea, I was looking at your profile. Pretty excited to talk about your career journey here. And let me just jump right into my first question. You've got a great career background in helping clients with their bottom line as a CEO of your company. Could you share with our audience the secret to your drive and success? Necessity. I knew I wanted to go into business. When I was uh, young, I thought it was kind of, I wanted to be in big business. I didn't know what that meant really at the age that I decided I wanted to be in business. But I, I kind of fell into insurance because my best friend's mom happened to be in that industry. I got my insurance license, navigated pretty quickly up the ranks, which was great, until I finally was actually selling insurance. I had a couple of businesses along the way, but when I was selling insurance, I found that there were people, the guys, (laughs) were doing a little better than I was. And so I kind of looked at why that was, you know, what really worked and what didn't work. And inside of looking at the pros and the cons of what were working and what weren't working, I found that many clients love the same savings that I could bring when I quoted on their insurance. But at the end of the day, sometimes they just wanted to stay with their same insurance company and they wanted to stay with their same insurance agent because they played golf with them or, or you know, they had beers together. And I, I wasn't really interested in a relationship like that. I wanted to do business with them, but I wasn't looking to necessarily be their buddy. So I came up with the concept that if I could give them everything they wanted, wouldn't that be great? And oh, by the way, I would never lose an account either because I could bring them everything they wanted which was insurance premiums that were lower, coverage that was better, and they didn't have to change agents or carriers in order to achieve that. So out of that, my business was born, and I segued my current business, which was a commercial insurance agent, into basically one day a week working this concept to show proof of concept to see whether it could actually make money. And it was making more money than selling insurance. There were plenty of clients that were interested in this, and it worked very well. I was very successful at doing it from the get-go. And so I sold my business, my other business, and I started this full-time, and it's been 26 years. Yeah, no, that's amazing. It's interesting how we stumble across things sometimes or, you know, the why changes in our life. And so we shift gears. So I appreciate you sharing that. So Andrea, as you know, everybody globally has had to make some major shifts recently to adapt to this new normal, you know, the pandemic. Could you share with us what you're doing to adjust and stay relevant in this economy? Well, our company is, has always been a bit of a virtual company. We see clients at their location. So that didn't change for us. My staff was always working in that capacity. So I guess we were above the curve on that one. So we didn't have to adjust anything from our standpoint. What we do adjust is we watch the news wires. We watch what's happening and really we're more of an advocate for consumers than anything else. And then we're always looking for, well, how can we help? What can we do? I mean, how can we help people? 
part of how we've adjusted is, first of all, we found that consumers were not getting good information that was coming directly from the departments of insurance in various states on how they were going to give businesses some slack, some ease at this issue that they had where they weren't operating their business or they weren't operating in the full capacity. And we were basically alerting people. We were calling clients, emailing clients, and allowing them to know that they could delay payments in some cases. They could shift their workers' comp classifications to lesser cost classifications. They could file their claim for business income, even though we didn't believe there was coverage available for most businesses. But if they didn't file a claim, they might miss their window of filing promptly, which is sometimes a trigger language inside their insurance policies. We are watching the court cases to see if there's any coverage, and if there is, how is it being triggered? You know, what language is the attorney using that they found coverage? Looking at Europe, if Europe is is finding coverage, is there a way that that can be translated over here to the states? We also looked at it from a standpoint of, well, now's the time, right? Now's the time to talk to businesses how we can go grab money. We know that like health insurance for many of our clients is one in which we can save them 10 to 30% very quickly, midterm. It doesn't, they don't have to wait till their renewal. In many areas, I mean, our success is 98%. They're not changing carriers or agents, so why not go grab 10 or 30% and infuse it back into their business? And to add additional value, we said, why don't we delay any of our fee for 90 days so they can get the cash right away? So those are some of the things that we were looking at because it doesn't hurt us to necessarily take our share and the savings on the back end of it when these businesses need the money now. Also, the agents out there are really pitching how the premiums are all going up. The newswire is too, and it's true in some sectors, and it's not in others. So we're trying to make sure that people at least take a look and review and look at their insurance because the insurance carrier will send a notice sometimes that they're going to get over a 25% rate increase. And a lot of people don't look at that or they look at that and go, what's this? And they said, oh, they're sending it to everybody. But then when the renewal comes in, sometimes a week before the renewal, it's 40%. They weren't expecting that. And now what do they do? Well, there's not any time a week before the renewal. So we're encouraging people that don't wait. It'll be cleaned up after the fact we can work with them, but why have to deal with that type of a rate increase even now? I appreciate you sharing that. I'm sure our audience would appreciate that as well. Nothing like having a little surprise and a price increase at the last minute. So Andrea, are there any new or emerging technologies that you're leveraging today within your company? Anything that you care to share with us that might be helpful? There's always new technologies. We kind of keep our pulse on if anybody's doing something revolutionary. We have a ton of people that refer agents, technologies, things to us, and we vet them out. We do that on a regular and ongoing basis. I haven't seen anything too interesting. I will say that there is a service that we use to look at 5,500. That's a report that anyone that has a health plan or retirement plan, they have over 100 employees. They have to file this report. It's, It's a public document, so anyone can see it. But there is a company that gives you better data. It's quicker to look up things. And we subscribe to it in various states. And we did find that they were doing something similar to what we did in that they code the way, how much the agent is taking to evaluate whether the fee that the agent's taken or the commission is higher than normal or about right or lower than the average. 
And we think that this is interesting because we've told clients many times we'll look at their numbers on like health insurance and we'll say, you know, your agent's on the high side of the scale. I mean, they're making a lot of money and that needs to be adjusted. Sometimes they don't believe it because they're, it's a trusted advisor. They couldn't be making more, and we can literally show them this. But the fact that this new this company has added that layer to their technology is pretty cool because it's, you know, it's pretty striking. It's like, yeah, you're in the red zone, not because we said so, but because they said so and we said so. We make sure that a client isn't overpaying for their services which is really, really important. We believe agents have good value. We're not against agents. We just want good agents making fair revenue and bringing great value to their clients. That's really what we're trying to do. And I think that when we point this out to clients and they see this, I mean, I've never had a CEO or a CFO that's eyes don't open up when we start going through those numbers and how we would structure it. And they go, wow, I've never heard anybody suggest that. And it's nice that other organizations are seeing this lack of transparency and shifting it. But as far as new technologies, it's always watching it. But sometimes a lot of the things that are out there are the same old thing. It's interesting to me that insurance doesn't seem to evolve. They don't evolve very well. (laughs) It's kind of old school. Sure. No, totally understand. I think that reporting now, and it's becoming more prevalent, you know, because a lot of customers want to see the transparencies. They are leveraging the newer types of analytics, leveraging machine learning and predictive modeling. Andrea, this is the big question. Our audience wants to know more about you. Can you share something from your career experience that would be helpful for those looking to grow their, either the career in insurance or just break into entrepreneurship? From an insurance standpoint, it's not as bad an industry as they think it is. <laughs> I used to get when I was younger that, why are you in this industry? You're relatively attractive. You could do anything. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what are you saying? <laughs> so I always thought it was kind of interesting. Most people fall into insurance. It's not something they choose. And I equally, that was me. But I also looked at it from the standpoint that it was a great career choice because I could go to any country and work in insurance because you do have to have background and understanding policies and know how to read them. So I I do encourage the industry. I think it's a a good industry, although somewhat boring. But in every cocktail party I go to, someone will talk about insurance and see I'm right there in the middle of that conversation because it's what I do. (laughs) You can always join the club of conversation. And it also introduces you to a lot of businesses. So you really do gain a wide bit of information on learning about different companies and how they work and how the world works, quite frankly. From an entrepreneurial side, probably the same thing that you read in every book that you, you know, if you ever speak to successful entrepreneurs is grit and that it's possible. It's sometimes hard. I definitely had hard times. I got divorced and kind of did a semi-retirement of the business while I was, my daughter was an infant because I thought I wanted to be more of a mom than just working. And so I got a business partner and we kind of held the business alive, but I wasn't really pushing on increasing revenue per se. I had clients that got sent to us and it was manageable, but it was kind of more on the part-time basis. Then I got divorced and my business partner also resigned at exactly the same time. And she was my sales force out, mostly California, and I was living in Colorado. So I had to reinvent the business. And of course, this was during 2008, which of course, the world was a little bit on its axis and nothing seemed to work. (laughs) And the way that we did business, I had to work on larger accounts versus smaller accounts because of the way that structure is. 
So as a business owner and an entrepreneur, you have to reinvent the wheel. How are you going to do business now because it's evolved or it's changed? And you have to change with the times. So I did. I changed the business model. We do work on larger accounts now than smaller accounts. We have to make that transition. And it really paid out. I mean, the business doubles every year. We're in a growth mode. And it's made the business better, stronger. And we've acquired more benchmarking for clients. And and it works better. And we are trying to go back now and dial in a technology for the smaller businesses because they still need the help. They still want the help. It's just the manpower is the same as it is with the larger accounts. So it has to make financial sense to do it. But we are trying to design that as well. So we just have a lot of different avenues. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to always look to pivot and make changes and realize the same way you did it isn't necessarily always going to be the way to continue doing it. So now it's, it works. it works better. And I imagine that we will continue to evolve. Andrea, thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And you know, the fact that I don't think I've had an entrepreneur on here that hasn't had some sort of struggles. Your struggle is obviously unique. I think it made you stronger because of that. And I appreciate you sharing the story with our audience today. So thank you. Andrea, it was a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate it. Bye for now. Oh, 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 oh,